The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. on the bench with you. So 27 apiece, uh, 30 seconds left in the game. The Pats have the ball at around the 37-yard line, their own end. And it's amazing to me, Moff, that they're not like trying to move the ball and score. Like, how do you not? You get the ball back with a minute left. How do you not try to throw the ball down the field and kick a field goal to win the game? It's like they're playing for overtime because like ever since they've had the ball, they've uh, handed off. They've run the ball and then every play that they passed was just a dink to the you know left or right of the of of cam newton right out of the you know pocket like there was no no passes beyond one or two yards like they're not even trying to score there, there's absolutely no urgency whatsoever they're just trying to go to overtime which makes no sense because it's not like you get you guaranteed chance to win in overtime you still gotta you know play on the coin hope to see to get the ball and if not they go score a touchdown you're done so why would you not take a couple shots I mean, it is unbelievable to me. You know why? Because I, I, I honestly because neither team wants to win. No, I think it's because well, maybe, but that that's that could very well be because I wouldn't want to win if I were the Jets either. Like I said that earlier, that the pass that got picked off was because the game's fixed. They want to lose. Uh, they're trying to find a way to lose. You're up twenty-seven to twenty. You let them score. It's twenty-seven all. Uh, and then now uh, he gets a first down near you know the forty-seven, forty-eight yard line, but. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, the clock's going to run out. They have no chance to do anything. I mean, I guess right now there's eight seconds left. They could throw a pass, I guess, and, and get a field goal. Maybe. I, I mean, I guess it's possible. But I, I feel like they're not trying to win the game. That's what I'm watching. I'm watching two teams that don't want to win. It's the craziest thing ever, right? And so this game's going to go, it, it would appear to me, unless something crazy happens here and they complete like a 10-yard pass and they and run out of bounds and then uh, kick a, a folk would have to kick a bomb field goal. But I, I just don't see it happening, but it, I guess it could. Uh, I guess we'll find out right now. I'll be right back. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. 
And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. did it. Uh, Cam Newton threw like a 20-yard strike, uh, and with two seconds left, they called timeout, and on came Nick Folk, and he kicked a 51-yard field goal to beat the Jets 30-27. to On a, a couple of bright notes, A, Mafia's team is still in the number one slot for the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, and on my uh, docket, I had the Patriots on the money line, and the Jets plus uh, 10. I mean, watch the clips. They're on uh, social media. They're all, all over our Twitter and, you know, at Pharrell on Grid and on Facebook and on Instagram. It's all on there. I said, you know, whenever two terrible teams show up, it's always a great game. And I stand by that. It's just the more average you are, the more uh, terrible your team is record-wise and Performance-wise, offensively, defensively, the worse you are, uh, the better the game is. It, it, it's when you have a really good team against a really bad team that you have a terrible game. And when you have two hack teams going at it in the NFL, it's generally a great game. And it's close. And it's uh, usually fairly entertaining. And that's what that was. I said today that Flacco would have a big game. And he did. He threw for 262 yards and three touchdowns. I said on the show today, I find it hard to believe that Joe Flacco can't throw a couple touchdown passes for a guy that won the Super Bowl, a guy that had a neck injury and that everybody wrote him off. And then he came back as a backup in his, I guess, older years here, if you want to call it that. I don't even think the guy's that old. I find it hard to believe he can't go out against a terrible Patriots team, a terrible Patriots defense, and not be able to throw a couple touchdown passes. I said, I think the Jets are going to be able to move the ball tonight. I think they're going to be able to score tonight. And at one point, I think I said, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they win the game. But I took the Patriots to win the game and the Jets to cover the number, which they did. So both ends of it, uh, money line and spread, a double uh, cover. Another strong week for me in the NFL, and that's just all there is to it. I will not deny I got burned on the Tampa Bay Bucks on Sunday night. But if you go back to last week, Sunday night football hit the Eagles game and laying the seven and a half. Monday night hit the Bucks game and the Giants getting 10. Thursday night, I hit the Packers uh, and laid the points and they beat the Niners. So I hit both ends of that. And then um, you know exactly what happened with that Steeler Cowboy game, how you and I had this conversation. And I said it on the air and I said it on, uh, I was on TV on Friday doing an interview. And I said, I'm telling you, the Cowboys are going to cover that number. Uh, the Steelers are going to play down to them. They they don't even take them seriously. They think it's a walk in the park. 
and they'll uh, barely win the game, which is what they did. And then uh, I picked the Falcons to win, the Bills to win, the Titans to win, the Ravens to win, the Chiefs to win, the Vikings to win, the Texans to win. I had the uh, Jaguars covering uh, as well, and uh, the Finns covering. And now uh, Pats and Jets both cover on the money line and spread. So, and I hit other uh, I hit other bets as well. The Bills getting the points, the Ravens laying. Uh, so, uh, I, another big week. I've been on fire lately. Saturday in uh, college football, I hit seventy five percent of the bets that I put up there. I think Mafia said something about I don't know. Six of my top seven college football picks hit or something like that. I mean, definitely something strong like that. That's what happened. So, yeah, well, so obviously, you know, you put out 10 top 10 every week, but we had a couple of cancellations come through later on. So, of the seven of that top 10 that played, six out of seven hit. Well, that's awesome, right? So, um, and I had a big day, I think 60% in spreads and uh, uh, 89% in money lines and um, a 75% day overall. So I was pretty happy with that. But, you know, I really think, like, I'm just going to be honest here. Uh, like, I thought the Jets looked good tonight. That was, to me, the best game they played all year. And, uh, you know, it's that simple. When they were up 27 to 20, when he threw the bomb that got picked off at midfield, I said right then and there, I have no idea what this guy's doing throwing this bomb right now on first and 10 from the 25 or whatever it was. And he, and he threw the pick and I said, watch what happens. They're going to tie the game and they're going to beat him in overtime. They tied the game and beat him with two seconds left. What's the difference? They beat him by a field goal. Either way, I knew that that game was going to cover. Cause if it goes to overtime, I'm going to cover no matter what, cause I'm getting nine and a half, whatever it was. I knew that was going to happen, but I thought that when he threw the pick, Mavi, I swear to God, you heard me say it. The game's fixed. That that he is clearly giving them the ball to let them score and beat them. To me, that's what I was watching. It was like, there is no reason in the world for them to throw that bomb. Up seven with first and 10 at the 25. Why do you throw that bomb? And he gets it picked off, and then they let him go right down the field and score. And then they give him the ball back with a minute left. And they let him dink it and hand off. I mean, literally, they ran the ball like, I don't know, four or five times and then threw two dink passes. And then they still end up on the third down. He throws a 20-yard strike and they get the field goal to win the game. You can't tell me that that doesn't smell fishy, the whole ending, from uh, five minutes left in. You can't even deny it. Uh, I mean, if they had done better things throughout the rest of the season, I would have felt a little more fishy about that. but. Second half all year, they've been terrible. You know, even the last couple of games after the new, you know, the offensive coordinator took over play calling, they put up points, and then all of a sudden, just in the second half, they just disappear. I think in that play, you know, it wasn't a great, it was a bad throw, but I think it was a situation where he burned them deep a couple of times. You know, on the one touchdown pass, I just put him over the yards from over Manta- Montana. It was a deep pass, and he was beating them over the top, and he thought he had it again. He thought his guy was beating the guy over the top. The problem is he didn't realize that he had help, and you know, the uh, the guy on the other side of that, of that part of the zone came back, caught. Caught the pass, came back, cut it off, and got him. I mean, he didn't see that other guy coming. He was looking straight ahead, saw the guy getting past the first man, and didn't see the guy behind him, and that's what burned him. So uh, there you go. I'm looking at the pass right now. I, I don't know. I, I got to tell you, I, I just, I do not, I, I just can't live with your explanation that he, uh, he didn't see the other guy. 
that they were both right there. I mean, they were both right there. It wasn't like he came over from 20 yards over and made the play. They were both on this guy's ass and they caught up to him and picked off the pass. Uh, I thought he uh, threw a bomb and he didn't have enough juice on it. And his receiver didn't have enough speed and they caught up to the, to what was, you know, to me underthrown by about five yards and they picked it off. And, uh, then they moved down the field and they got down to the go- I thought the guy scored when he hit the pylon. I thought that was a touchdown. I couldn't believe they didn't call that a touchdown. But then Newton ran it in. They tied a game and they end up, uh, you know, getting the ball back with a minute left. They moved down the field. They throw this uh, 20 yards. What did you think when they threw the 20 yard pass? Could you even believe it? Like I'm sitting there watching. Uh, so with a minute 28 left, he gets sacked. And on third down, he gets sacked. Or on second down, he gets sacked. On third down, he throws a floater, just a terrible pass. And then they have to give the ball up. So they get it with 40-some seconds left. And they literally dink and dunk it down the field. White got out of bounds on one of them. And then, uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. 28 seconds left. They're still at their own 30. Throw another dink pass. Get it out to the 40 uh, two forty-three yard line. Then there's 20 seconds left. Newton has to get the first down. He rushes up to the 47. There's uh, now the clock's still ticking, and they get it down to like whatever it was, eight seconds left. Then they throw this pass uh, on, you know, first down with eight seconds left, and this is unbelievable to me. So from his own 38, he rifles it down to the 33 yard line. And they set up the game winner from Folk, and he kicks a 51-yarder. You can't deny that Cam Newton managed that game uh, perfectly and brilliantly for the Patriots. And, you know, he was 27-35, uh, 274, two rushing touchdowns. I have to give him credit because I think Cam Newton has been awful for the last month. Just absolutely awful. And uh, they dominated time of possession in the second half. And then he got the job done, and Flacco didn't. That's all there is to it. Cam Newton just willed the Patriots to that win, and they get it done 30-27. to 27. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you. Because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, for all on the bench with you, Patriots snapped their four-game losing streak. They're uh, three and five now. They have a nine-game winning streak against uh, the New York Jets, which is another way of saying they own them. 
And uh, they interviewed uh, Cam Newton after the game, ESPN, and he was very uh, happy, smiley, joyous, and free. And he was uh, just thrilled to finally win a game. He said it's been very frustrating the last month. And then, of course, last week he fumbled the game away in Buffalo. So big win, big comeback. They were down, you know, 27 to 17, and they came back and they won the game. And uh, they dominated time of possession in the second half. As Mafia said, the Jets have been terrible in the second half of football games. Uh, At the very least, I'll say, again, I thought it was the best game the Jets had played this year. Uh, Of all their losses, that one has to sting the most because they thought they played their best football. I thought Flacco had a big game. Uh, First time he's looked good since his, frankly, best days in Baltimore. He hasn't done anything in the NFL in a long while. Tonight he showed up. So you got to give him credit. I thought he had a really good game. And uh, they should have won the game, and they didn't. It is what it is. And like I said, I had the Pats to win and the Jets to cover, so both ends hit. But uh, as I said today on Coast to Coast, I said it'd be a great game, and at the end of the day, it was. 30-27, to a game-winning kick with no time left by Folk. What more could you ask for for a Monday night game when uh, there's nothing else on in sports, right? That was at least a decent game, if you ask me. I got to tell you, this whole thing with – Tony LaRussa is kind of creepy. This DUI uh, that he's allegedly got uh, cooking right now. I know uh, we mentioned it today at the very least, at least I think we did, that he got a uh, DUI. You have to understand his uh, DUI uh, rap sheet. He's got two of them now. Uh, Obviously, he has not uh, gone to court yet or uh, lost a DUI court case, you know. Here's the deal. Uh, I know a lot of uh, DUI lawyers. I'm friends with uh, some of them. And uh, in life, I have a couple friends that do it for a living. And uh, Mafia knows that's true. And all I know is, is that if you're, uh, if you have enough money <laughs> and you have a good DUI lawyer, by the time they're done uh, with the case, uh, the cop will be the one driving the car drunk. That's how good these guys are at getting people out of DUIs. I'm telling you, and Mavi and I have gone through this a million times on the air. I know a bunch of people that got off on DUIs with a good DUI lawyer, right? So we don't know what's going to happen to Tony LaRussa, but it is creepy if you ask me. He was charged with DUI after he ran his car into a uh, curb in February, uh, leaving it, uh, it says here, smoking on the side of the road in Phoenix. Apparently, uh, the story is that a uh, cop responded to a call, found LaRusso standing alongside his SUV. Uh, this is according to uh, an affidavit filed by the Department of Public Safety in Arizona. He told the cop who had detected a light odor of alcohol that he had been at dinner with friends from the Angels. Uh, he had worked as a special advisor. LaRusso was stopped near uh, Phoenix Sky Harbor uh, International and told the officer he had hit something and had blown uh, a tire. Uh, after a field sobriety test, he was taken into custody. In the affidavit, the uh, cop said he was uh, argumentative. Fair enough. 
Uh, he refused to submit to a breath test or provide a sample of his blood or urine to test his blood alcohol level, according to the police. And the officer obtained a search warrant to take two tubes of his blood. This is a common procedure, of course, for DUI cases in Arizona. And uh, this guy, a, a DUI cop uh, who's not affiliated with the case, it was uh, not uncommon for charges not to be filed in cases for several months due to slowdowns caused by the uh, coronavirus. The other cops uh, in Arizona uh, said that that delay seemed excessive. A spokesman for the Maricopa County Attorney's Office uh, said she was unable to comment on pending cases. Charges were submitted uh, by our office to the Arizona Department of Public uh, Safety for DUI, and there was a delay caused by uh, it was filed in the wrong jurisdiction. Case was filed on October 28th, the day before he was hired by the White Sox. And, you know, he's the new manager of the White Sox now at 76. And notes that LaRusso was cited for uh, DUI and uh, registering a blood alcohol content of 0.8 or more, which is a misdemeanor. If convicted, he faces up to 10 days in jail, although most cases for first time offenders serve one day, pay a fine, and are required to use uh, an ignition interlock device for up to a year. Uh, a DUI more than seven years earlier would not count as a prior under Arizona law, which has stiff penalties for repeat offenders. Well, first of all, his uh, first DUI was in Jupiter, Florida. It's his second DUI. Uh, we all know uh, his. Uh, he was arrested for DUI after he fell asleep at a traffic light near the spring training facility of the Cardinals down in Jupiter, and he was uh, he blew a zero nine three then. Limit was 08. His arrest came five weeks before uh, Josh Hancock died when he drove drunk and crashed into a uh, parked truck. Um, frankly, that has nothing to do with this. I have no idea why they mention that, but that's what they're mentioning. I, I don't see what one has to do with the other, other than, uh, you know, one guy was uh, driving drunk and passed out in his car. The other guy drove drunk and crashed his car and died. Uh, moral of the story, don't drink and drive. Where have we heard this before? On uh, the day of his guilty plea in 07, he said, I accept full responsibility for my conduct and assure everyone I've learned a valuable lesson. This will never happen again. Apparently, swing and a miss on that. Now, Mafia, how do you feel about uh, old Tony uh, with his clear... Uh, drinking situation? He's got a... He, this guy obviously drinks. And uh, you can slice it any way you want. The media in Chicago or anywhere else, anyone, you, me. Bottom line is, you get two DUIs. You got a drinking problem. I, I don't care what anybody says. You can, you can uh, cut this any way you want, the pizza. But if you get two D DUIs, you got two Deweys, you got a drinking problem. That's all there is to it. Because if you get a DUI and then you keep drinking and get another one, like, so we got one in 07. Here we are 13 years later, he gets another one. He never stopped drinking. No one, no one has to stop drinking because they get a DUI. Fair enough. Some people get a DUI. They've had, a, you know, three or four drinks at the bar and they get pulled over and they fail the test and they get a DUI and they go on with their lives. Uh, other people get DUIs and they, they drink and get a DUI and then they uh, say, I'm never going to drink again after that. I'm done. And then some people just keep drinking and get more DUIs. And that's what it appears, in my opinion, that he has. He's gotten a second DUI because he obviously still drinks. 
and he's 76 years old and he just got the White Sox job. How do you think this looks for Tony La Russa and Jerry Reinsdorf that uh, Jerry's got the uh, hire of, of his old pal, Tony, who used to manage the White Sox. Here he is coming back to manage again at 76 in the ripe old age of 76, which I think uh, is too old to be managing in baseball. As far as I'm concerned, I don't care what anybody says age discrimination, my ass. I don't want some 76 year old manager. I don't care who he is at, at this in, in this day and age of young managers and young uh, coaches in every sport, you're hiring some old guy. And then they, he knew, he knew he got that Dewey. He knew he got it. And he never said anything, obviously to anybody. Are you going to tell me that that guy told everyone he got a second Dewey? Or do you think he was trying to hide it? That's exactly what he was trying to do. Yeah, he's trying to hide it. Maybe he thought that, you know, because he hadn't heard anything before that it was done and he just, you know, got it to go away and lucked out on that one. But obviously not just a problem with drinking, problem drinking with spring training because you said it down in Jupiter, Florida the first time and this time down in Arizona in February before the pandemic hit when they're doing spring training out there. So, you know, he's got to lay off the, the, the drinking apparently when he's out cutting loose before the season starts. But like you said, it's a bad look for them that it happens right after. I mean, it comes out right after he's hired. It was filed right before. You know, it was months before, but you Hopefully he was smart enough to, you know, let them know about this before he got hired because this has done guys in before. Was it Wally Backman in Arizona where he got hired and like a week or two later was fired because he had a DUI that he didn't tell him about? So done guys in before. It's very dumb of him if he uh, hid this, considering people were already criticizing him just for having this guy at you know, his age. Do you think that uh, seriously, um, when when someone gets, uh, a, you know, combative and argumentative, when they're uh, getting, uh, you know, field tested for sobriety on the side of the road by by the popo. I don't care where you are, Arizona, in Chicago, in New York. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're argumentative with the cop, it's only going to get worse for you. And then uh, and then and then how stupid do you have to be to not? I mean, honestly, when you when you refuse the field sobriety test and you refuse the blood and urine samples, you lose your license. That's it. You're done driving for at least a year. You're not right. you're not getting ignition start. You're not getting a driver's license for at least a year in the, at least in New York and New Jersey. You, if you don't uh, do the field test or the blood or the urine, if you don't do any of those, you lose your license for a year automatic. It's just you're not you're not driving a car. There's no ignition starter system. You're just not driving. If you refuse, you're going to jail and you're not getting your driver's license back. And if you drive around, you won't have a license. You'll just be driving illegally. Yeah, there's plenty of places that if you take the, if you don't take the test and refuse it, you're like you're automatically getting the DUI. Like that that's as good as failing in a lot of places. I mean, that's just automatic. And, and I don't even uh, for if I don't believe for one minute that there's any state in America that you can uh, just blow off the, the sobriety test, the blood and urine test and think you're keeping your license. I just don't believe that. So what does it say about uh, Jerry Reinsdorf if he lets him just have the job anyway? Because he already hired him to be the White Sox manager and 
Uh, the guy uh, has a DUI pending in Arizona, and it doesn't matter when it was. It it, it really doesn't. Uh, the reality of it is, with the delays and the, it, it was filed in the wrong court, filed in the wrong district, filed in the wrong county, filed. Uh, you know, delayed. Whatever rhetoric they're coming up with for this. The bottom line is it's it's been a freak year. We know all that crazy things have happened with the elections and with mail in voting and everybody's crazy. But the reality is, is that anyway, you slice it. The guy got a Dewey and he knew he got a Dewey. Do you think that he went into those meetings with his uh, old pal, Jerry Reinsdorf, who he's worked for and he's been friends with forever? Mavi, do you think he went in there and told him he got a DUI? And that the, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf sat on that, knowing full well the guy got his second DUI and he just doesn't care at all about that bad image whatsoever. And he's just like, I don't care about DUIs or anything else. I want you to manage my baseball team. Do you think that's what happened? Or do you think that Tony La Russa never told anyone and then the story broke today? And the White Sox are saying we don't comment on pending litigation. The typical pro sports franchise response to a player that's in trouble. We have no comment at this time. We're aware of the situation. Do you believe they found out today? Or do you think Tony La Russa told Reinsdorf, I got a Dewey? I think he told him. I think he's too smart to know that, you know, if he goes and sees interviews and gets this job and then it comes out later, which it probably would, that... You know, you get fired easily and just keep kicked to the curb right away. So I think he told him, like, listen, this happened. Nothing's come of it, you know, just so you know. And they were hoping that nothing did come of it and it came out and it's going to burn them now. But I think he told them. I don't think you can actually blow off the field sobriety test and the blood and the urine and get away with that in court and, and just win the case. I don't believe... That you can uh, actually, and I'll have to ask my friends that are DUI lawyers, that you can actually blow off the police completely and then still win the case. I don't think it's possible. I know in New York and New Jersey, if you don't take that test, you don't drive for a year. Mafia, you know that's true. In this state where we are, you if you don't take that test and you don't give them blood, uh, you know, I think in New York and New Jersey, they take it from you whether you like it or not. You get taken to uh, court. Or you get taken to jail, and then no matter what you think, if you don't take the field sobriety test, when you get to jail, they take blood sample from you, whether you like it or not. They do it right there, whether you like it or not, and you're doomed. There is no way that you can just blow off the field sobriety, the blood, and the urine test, and then not lose your license or tell me that you're going to win the case in court because you just defied the police completely. I just don't believe that for one minute. One way or the other, what you need to do, what, what I've learned from my DUI uh, lawyer friends about these things is that uh, one way or the other, what they do is they go after the police for making a mistake in the protocol, okay? In the arrest, in the video, in the cop cam, in the procedure, in the testing, uh, that the uh, that the equipment was uh, faulty, uh, that the test was uh, administered inaccurately, that the blood work was done hours after, blah, blah, blah. They, they find a way, they find an opening, and they go for the throat. But there is no way that they've never told me that you can just blow off all three and get away with it. You cannot just blow off the blood work, the urine and the field sobriety and then win. It's impossible. 
You cannot just do that and get away with it. They don't they just don't allow it. Judges don't allow it. The police don't allow it. Nobody allows it. Even the DUI lawyers can't win a case. I have to ask him. I'm going to ask him tomorrow. You cannot win a case if you just blow off all three and think you're just going to get away with that. Because I, I know for a fact that if you blow it off, you're not driving for at least a year. Okay, so you're not driving anywhere. I have so many friends that have gotten popped and that have lost their license for and that have to have people drive them around to their jobs and everything. Else. You might get a judge that lets you drive to work and home. That's it. And then you're on a monitor. You're you got like the monitor going in the car. They know exactly when you're driving it and they know when you're in and out of the car and when you work. And if you defy that order, you go to jail. OK, so I know people that are like, I can't not drive to work. I have to feed my family and they let you do that. But there's no one that just blows off all three and gets away with it, in my opinion. So uh, I, I won't be surprised if he uh, still manages the White Sox, but I'll be real surprised if he's driving a car anytime soon <laughs> in the next year or two. And I'll and I'll put my name on that. You just, you're not getting away with that. Especially, you know, what's amazing to me, mafia. It really is amazing to me that a guy can get a Dewey and then Arizona has the stones to say that case happened so long ago that we're not, it's not even of record with us here. It's not held against you. In my opinion, everyone that gets a DUI, if you have multiple DUIs, it should carry over every time Uh, that like, you know, that's the problem I have in this country is that is that people get multiple DUIs and they're still driving a car. <laughs> I mean, if you get three or four DUIs, you should never be allowed to drive again because you're going to kill somebody. And they let these drunk drivers just keep driving. It is truly amazing. How, I mean, what is next? You're going to let uh, heroin addicts with needles in their arms babysit uh, uh, newborn babies? <laughs> I mean, what is next? You, I mean, mafia, you, get, you can't. If you get DUIs close enough, Scott, they can't even hold one against the other. Like, you know, forget even like that one was long ago. So I say, okay, it's, you know, such limitations, all that. Like, I know a guy in New York who, who got one, got one a month later. And the second one, they couldn't reference the first one because he hadn't been convicted of that yet. Well, fair enough. But uh, do you agree that if you get multiple DUIs, you should not be allowed to drive a car? If you get multiple DUIs, you should be locked up and the key thrown away because you're a menace to society and going to kill somebody. That's right. But they don't do it. They just let them keep getting off and they let them keep driving. It's unbelievable to me. You remember, like in this country, you know, as well as I do, this is true. They have put away more pot people. Like, you know, in other words, if they catch a guy with an ounce, right, or uh, they catch a guy selling grams on the street or whatever else. Back in the day, in the 90s, uh, back in the Clinton days, let's face facts. If you got popped selling weed, you went to jail. I mean, you could literally go to jail for 20 years. Right. The war on it, drugs started back in the 80s. It's been going on for right. 30 plus years. But so that's my point. Like they would put away a guy for selling an ounce of pot for 30 years. <laughs> they put him in prison for 30 years. And it happened all over the black community. They they literally threw every uh, every black uh, drug dealer if you got caught with weed you went to jail for the rest of your life and it's absolute bs that they put people in jail for smoking weed but they'll let drunk drivers that go out and kill people and kill innocent people and families and kids and drive and crash and kill and 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 maim and burn people to death and they let them just keep driving 
Is there not anything in this country worse than the laws for drunk drivers that they let them keep driving cars when they're drunks? I mean, I'm with you, dude. They should go to jail for at least a year or two to learn their lesson. Nobody learns a lesson anymore when you keep getting your license back and you've had multiple DUIs. Like, it sounds to me like, no offense, because I'm friends with Tony. I've known him for a long time. But I have no remorse for Tony if he's got a drinking problem and he keeps getting DUIs. I don't care who you are, if you're my friend or you're otherwise. If you're just a drunk and you just keep drinking and driving, uh, you know, and you know as well as I do, Mavia, how many friends do you know of mine? And I know you know a couple that are drunks that just keep driving. Oh, yeah. Tell me oh, I'm wrong. How many, how many friends? You know one of my friends that just keeps driving drunk all the time. I know yep. a person who drives drunk every day of their life because they drink every day of their life and they just drive and do whatever, right? I knew, I knew women. I know housewives that literally drink wine and pick up their kids from school hammered every day. And you know I'm telling the truth. I'm not even, I'm not even yeah. making this up. How many, how many like, take I, mama's little helper and then go pick up the kids of carpool? Listen, er, now that's another story entirely. Everyone needs a mother's little helper. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I know a lot of people that do both. I know a lot of people that, you know, eat pills and, and drink and to get through the day. And mother's little helper, coming in to get her through the day. More of these outside the door. <laughs> when you want more, what a drag it is getting on. Sorry, Mafia. I get a little caught up in the Rolling Stones. But I have several friends that drink and drive. <laughs> I have to be honest. And all I know is, I've always said to them, I'm like, you know you're going to get popped one of these days. You know you know it's coming. You're, you're not going to just get away with it forever. You're not going to just keep driving and drinking and think that you're going to go to your grave and never get popped. Everyone that drinks and drives, Mafia, eventually they get popped. Eventually it happens every time. 60% of the time it happens every time. Well, you know what the funny thing is too, Scott. You know, the people are just oblivious, and they, you know, it's always like, "Oh, not me. It's not going to happen to me," or "I'm not doing that," and just right. completely not realizing what they're doing. Because you know, I know the one person that you referenced that we both know has another friend who I know has like three or four DUIs, convicted of them. So you know, not allowed to drive herself. Somehow, still is out of jail, and yet that friend like knows this other person, knows what she's gone through, and doesn't think that she drives drunk all the time, even though she obviously does. Listen, I know so many chicks that drink all day and then go pick up their kids at school. It's it's sickening. And, and don't even tell me. I know there's people listening all over North America right now that know that chick or that dude. They know. And I'm talking about like and I'm not even I'm not like picking one or the other. I'm not saying guys are better. Or girls are better. Or whatever. I know chicks that do it every day. They drink every day. They drink. They just guzzle wine. And they smoke cigarettes and they eat pills and they go pick up their kids because they can't deal with life and stress. So they just hit it. They hit that bottle. They love that wine. I know chicks that drink that wine. I mean, like it was oxygen. They couldn't live without it. I know. I mean, I literally I've seen it. 
a million times and they just keep drinking and driving. It's amazing to me. I'm like, I'll never forget when I was down in Atlanta. You remember, Mavi? I tell you the story. I'm like, listen, this chick was like going to get the kids at school. I'm like, listen, you're hammered. I go, give me the keys. I go, I don't even know where I am and I'll go get your kids. Just give me the give me the keys to the Mercedes. I'm going to go get your kids at school. Tell them I'm coming because you're a drunken mess. You're a drunk. Go to bed. Go pass out. You lush. I'll go get your kids. You know what I'm talking about, Mafia. I can't even make this stuff up. Like, it's true. And uh, I just do not believe that Tony LaRusso, because of his fame or anything else, deserves a break for his uh, multiple DUIs. I think they should throw the book at him. Especially because he didn't do any of the tests, field, blood, or urine. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm on the cop side on this one, uh, on, on all of them. If you don't take the test, you deserve nothing but uh, losing your license and jail time. It's that simple. And uh, you know what? I don't have that problem. I don't have that problem. I don't drink and drive. Mafia knew. I drank for 30 years. Did you ever see me drink and drive? Never once. Never once. I never did it because I knew that I would lose everything. And so I always got a cab or an Uber or whatever, or a limo. I had limo driver friends. I always, always had someone else drive me when I drank. It was that simple because I knew I'd lose everything. And I didn't want to lose everything to alcohol. Now I don't drink at all, so I don't feel sorry for anybody. All right, for all events, hit the uh, Patriots to win and the Jets getting the points tonight. I, I had them at seven when it opened. When it went to nine and a half, ten or whatever, I thought it was even more delicious. Uh, let's check in with Marenzi. Sports Rage is next. Uh, what did you have cooking on that football game tonight, uh, Marenzi? And, and what did you think of uh, Tony LaRusso's second DUI uh, now? And, and uh, do you think it'll uh, give Reinsdorf any second thoughts? Or do you think he already knew and he's going to let him manage him anyway, even though he's got a drinking problem? Yeah, I think that it's sort of one crazy old man backing up another crazy old man uh, here. And, you know, I, I like Tony, Tony LaRusso, but the fact is, and I don't like calling people out for their personal personal decisions, but you're putting other people in danger uh, when you do this stuff, unless I've done dumb things when I when I'm drunk too, uh, in the past. Uh, but it's not even his first offense either. So not only is the dude not managed in ten years, he's out of touch uh, with today's players. The White Sox had a great season. Uh, oh yeah, you know he's also uh, he's also a booze bag because I'm sure he just had a glass <laughs> of wine at lunch, right? It's, you know, I just had a glass of wine at lunch. I was on med. You know whatever, bro. Like I'm sure. We all know it's not the old days, right? These old dudes, you know, they used to drive around and the cops would be like, all right, Skip, you know, have a, have a good good game tonight, right? It doesn't work that way anymore, man. And he gets called out for it. I don't know. I don't think they're going to change their mind, but does he get through the seasons? Another story. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it's just a mess. Uh, I know he didn't take the field test, blood or urine. They they do it for uh, their own edification in the jail when they take you in anyway, no matter whether you like it or not. Uh, did you like that Pats comeback tonight? I got 10 seconds. Uh, the, they stole that one from the Jets. Yeah, the Jets are actually best case scenario. There's no reason for the Jets to be winning football games, Scotty. They came close. They, they escaped. I think Jet fans are happy. I think they're glad that they lost. All right, Marenzi, have a great show. Good having you on. Uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow on Coast to Coast at 4 East. 
Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.